The next time you're on Interstate 80, stop in and see the folks at the Iowa 80 Truck Stop at Exit 284 in Walcott, Iowa. They're always open and ready to serve you. Enjoy a sit-down meal at the Iowa 80 Kitchen or grab a bite from one of their nine quick-serve restaurants. You'll love their clean restrooms, huge gift store, beautiful convenience store, and, of course, the Super Truck Showroom stocked with plenty of chrome, lights, and more. While you're there, don't forget to visit the Iowa 80 Trucking Museum next door. It's free. The entire team at the Iowa 80 is very excited to celebrate 60 years with you. They look forward to being your home away from home for another 60 years. Sending you a giant thank you from Iowa 80, the world's largest truck stop on I-80, exit 284 in Walcott, Iowa. Iowa 80. It's Red Eye Radio. Gary McNamara and Eric Harley talk about everything from politics to social issues and news of the day. Whether you're up late or you're just starting your day, welcome to the show. This is Red Eye Radio. All across America and around the world, 866-90-RED-EYE. He is Eric Harley and I'm Gary McNamara. Welcome and good morning. Thank you so much for being here. Download our Red Eye Radio app today and you can listen when you choose. If you can't listen live overnight, as you should. All right. So uh, Governor DeSantis calling for a grand jury to investigate uh, uh, COVID-19 and um, investigate uh, the, the, uh, the, the shots, uh, uh, Big Pharma. The, uh, the, uh, and this came out a couple of months ago when the, the, uh, you know, the, the Pfizer uh, executive came out and said, well, we never, you know, tested for transmission. And uh, that became a huge thing. It's like, well, we were being told that it stops it. Right. And there's been, you know, a ton of different fact checking and saying, well, the CDC actually never said that it stopped transmission. Well, Fauci indicated it did. Uh, so did Biden over and over and over and over uh, uh, again. Uh, Fauci, this is from the Hill.com, and this goes back to uh, May of, of 21. Uh, Fauci, the chief medical advisor, said during a discussion Sunday that the decision to drop mask recommendations for fully vaccinated individuals uh, is that vaccinated people become dead ends for COVID-19. They have mm-hmm. a less, less of a chance of transmitting it. That mm-hmm. was never true. Right. So that's a lie right there. Right. Now, where did that lie come from? Where did the lie of the president repeatedly saying it and the administration over and over and over and over again when policy you know, the whole, you know, vaccine passports, the whole, okay, you can't come in here unless you're vaccinated. Because the whole concept was the the entire rules and regulations, nobody in government stepped up and you didn't have the pharmaceutical companies go, wait a minute, you, you shouldn't be, we didn't test for transmission. They, they might have said it in certain, uh, uh, in uh, certain settings, mm. But certainly, that was not the policy that went down all the way. Remember local uh, communities? I remember you couldn't go to an outdoor NFL game unless you were vaccinated. Right. Why? Because you could spread the virus. Right. Well, something's wrong there. Because that wasn't true. Right. And we know it now. It wasn't true. Well, remember all the restaurants in New York. You couldn't go to a restaurant unless you were vaccinated. Yeah. 
And so now they're backing off, you know, well, nobody really ever said, what are you talking about? The whole damn policy was based right. on that. Right. Everything was based on that. Right. And the Karens were shouting, if you're yeah. not vaccinated, you're killing people. Right. And so we know that's not true. So in certain settings, they may have said that. But policy that was set by the country and not, (laughs) you did not have Fauci. You didn't have anybody in the government saying, we shouldn't be doing this in the administration. They were all, no, this is what we need to do. You need to get your shot so you don't spread it. And to pretend that that didn't exist today and that because somebody like DeSantis in his state wants to look at it to see if any laws were broken because everything, the entire policy that was set in this country was based on a lie. And now they're saying, well, that lie didn't exist. Well, of course it existed. Yeah. We, you can't, we never said that. You can't well, have it both ways. We never said you couldn't go to a restaurant right. unless you were vaccinated. Oh, my God. We never could. said that. Who said we said that? The, the whole thing of companies <laughs> mandating that you were vaccinated yeah. or you'd get fired from your job. Right was the fact that you didn't care about other people. Right. And and therefore, if you're not going to care about other people, that might you might pass the virus on too. And it was considered fringe when you made the absolute point that and the and and pointed out the fact that it doesn't stop the spread. And so for the person that's not vaccinated, the risk is for themselves, not to others. Yeah, that was not the argument. Right. It, when you pointed that out, you were French. Yeah. That the mandates didn't make any sense. Because it doesn't stop the spread. Right. So it's only about the risk for the individual who chooses to get the vaccine or not. And one thing that he was, in fact, let me get, let me see if I have uh, that uh, audio cut on DeSantis. Yeah, I do, because he was on Fox last night. Hmm. Here's part of what he said, because even now it's continuing. That, you know, no, you've got to have the, you know, in colleges. And he's just like, what in the world's going? You'll be kicked out of college if you don't get your vaccine. Here it is. How are we in a situation? Yes, Florida, we banned vaccine passports almost two years ago. We banned uh, the shot mandates for jobs and saved a lot of people's jobs. Nevertheless, throughout our country, you still have hundreds of universities in other states that are still mandating these boosters on these college kids. When any type of cost-benefit analysis would say the benefit from them taking the shot, as you as you alluded to, it doesn't prevent them from getting infected or spreading it anyways. The benefit is minuscule, uh, but as Joe Latipo and other studies have shown, you know there is a risk for doing it. So why can't? Our medical establishment acknowledged that. Why the deception? Why have they continued to do this for two years? So he's like, I, we want to see if laws were broken. We need to get, we need to investigate this and find out and get people, right. uh, you know, on un, 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 people's un, rights violated, right? Because it's <laughs> it's like he's the authoritarian. And then on the West Coast, they're talking about mask mandates again. Yeah. Yep. I mean, seriously. Mask mandates, if you, yeah. you know, be very careful. Yeah. You know, of, uh, your holiday parties are throwing that out again. The, right. You know, everything else. And and uh, uh, I think it was Heather McDonald. 
that uh, wrote a piece on it yesterday. Um, and it's the New York Times shameless COVID contortions. Even as China relaxed its lockdown, the U.S. liberal media is still whipping up fear. Uh, so the Times sent reporters last week to Los Angeles County to assess the state of COVID precautions. Los Angeles is the epicenter of the national movement among blue state health officials and their press allies to scare the public back into COVID submissiveness. The director of the Los Angeles County Department of Public Health, Barbara Ferrer, uh, has proclaimed, this is a time for everyone to put their mask back on right now. We need to get the mask back on. If residents insist on holding Christmas parties, it should be held outside. Here we are again. Out, out, (laughs) Public activities should only be outside. And guests should be tested before arrival. Well... We, do we want to take this? Uh, let's go. Since we're going to go back to the, you know, the narrative from the beginning of COVID, here we are from CNBC, December 5th. I didn't bring this up the other day. I've had this, this came up and I was going to bring it up and I thought, eh. but now it fits here. This is just from the other day, December 5th, CNBC. COVID-19 can live on these five grocery items for days. Wow. We're back to that again. We're back to April of 2020. Exactly. Here's how to consume them safely. No, you just told me I can't. Now, by the way, it breaks down. uh, Broccoli, it can live up to five days. Cheese, several days to a week. Chilled meat, several days to a week. Plastic surfaces, including plastic bottles, three days to a week. Refrigerated fresh peppers. Up to a week. Remember when you couldn't... Stop eating, stop touching things. Remember when you couldn't get disinfectant anywhere? Remember it was right. all gone? And right. Anything was the shelves were empty. The Los Angeles Times has been backing up her campaign with recent headlines. Dangerous weeks ahead in L.A. County as coronavirus suddenly surges. Dangers, dangerous here equates to around a dozen COVID deaths per day in a county of nearly 10 million people. L.A. County, like other jurisdictions, does not distinguish... Uh, deaths with COVID from deaths from COVID, making even that small tally a likely exaggeration, as we've seen it has been. Mm-hmm. We've seen right. Last week, the New York Times decided to venture forth into this dangerous surge, and what it found was apparently stunning and newsworthy. For instance, it reports that a mother and children sh- uh, stopped or shopped for groceries in the southeast corner of Los Angeles County without masks. They're ready, actually writing yeah, stories yeah, like this. Yeah. While half the employees in that same supermarket wore no face coverings. The New York Times was seemingly not surprised by the 50% of workers who were still wearing face coverings. It also reports that a 60-year-old retired screenwriter flew from L.A. to New York without feeling the need to put on a mask while on the plane. The screenwriter told the Times reporters that he was less worried about getting sick by COVID than he was about being inconvenienced by COVID. So noteworthy was this mindset that the paper highlighted it in its print edition. Less worried about catching a virus than being inconvenienced by it. Read the quote, the headline. Mm. The Times is clearly struggling to make sense of what it has seen. The perception of coronavirus in the age of vaccines and the survival stories it said has seemingly evolved from the deadly threat to an annoyance for the healthy. Those COVID survival stories, seemingly a dramatic as surviving an avalanche have <laughs> have influenced apparently people's perception. The reporters can't be too sure that their diagnosis 
for this cavalier attitude, however, so they're careful to couch their reporting in terms of impressions and appearances. Healthy individuals seem less concerned about COVID this December, they offer tentatively. Mm. Wow. Oh, and so um, it, it just it just goes on and on and on. It says, you know, the one thing they don't talk about is the vast majority of the cases are extremely mild. And the people that are dying are who? Those that, that are elderly or have extreme underlying conditions. Exactly. And the majority of the elderly, got vast majority of the elderly got their COVID shots. Right. Right. And the same thing, the same thing about, you know, kids and, you know, that mm-hmm. came out, what was it, who came out with the shot, shot for kids the other day? And, mm-hmm. and and it's like, well, no, it's a completely different ballgame. Right. The, the, it gets to the point where the, the risks of taking a COVID shot at an extremely young age versus the cost, as he said, the cost, uh, DeSantis, the cost-benefit analysis. Right. When it, becomes e- when it becomes even or more likely you'd be affected because you know, by the vaccine than the actual disease because the disease is not a problem for young people. You have a legitimate question. Look, right. it's from day one we said it. It's about risk. My risk because of my age and my underlying conditions is totally different Yep, from a 30-year-old healthy person. Yep. Yeah, I mean. Well, I want to make sure I'm healthy. I want to make this clear. I just, right. you know, because You're just of, old. I'm, I'm old and I've got the type two diabetes. Right, yeah. So I mean that's that's basically. But, I mean, my but this is something that as a society we do we assess our own risk. And and by the way, I'm not obese, so mm-hmm. my and my type two diabetes is completely under control, mm-hmm. and so I may have a lot less risk from somebody who is my age and a hundred pounds overweight and smokes, and yeah, <laughs> and, and drinks nonstop. Exactly. Mm-hmm. I have to stop that for the show, but. The rest of the time. It's, yeah, it's, yeah. <laughs> no, so, but it's your individual case. And in my case, my decisions were made by my doctor who I trust. Right. You know, yeah. which is, which is why I've, you know, I've got the shots. It's right. because strictly, what is it? Doc, what are my odds? No, I mean, that's, right? that's, that's what, what it is. What? And, and we do that. And, you know, I mean, um, my parents do that. Um, uh, the the elderly they do that on a regular basis, especially every year during cold and flu season. You're assessing your risk and and your uh, changing behavior based on on those viruses and, and what's going on in your area. This is it was no different with COVID, and when it was most dangerous, uh, shown to be uh, uh, more dangerous for the elderly than. That's exactly what happened. I mean, remember the campaign of the the uh, 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 celebrities talking through the door with their elderly parents, and you know mm-hmm. the whole thing. And you know, just, don't don't go inside. And and by the way, we all took that seriously, and still do. But I always did before COVID. If I'm going to see my parents during cold and flu season and I've got a cough, I don't go. In fact, I haven't been to my parents in weeks because I was getting over an upper respiratory uh, uh, infection. And, you know, these are the things that we practiced for years as they become older. That's exactly what we do as a society. 
to protect them. And and we can we're smart enough to assess that risk. But that's not what this was. Well, it's like, you know, my my uh, when I was back Thanksgiving, my buddy Jeff, you know, I was going to go you know hang out with him because I only see him once a year, him and his wife. And he called me because you may not want to come over. He said, because I know you're staying with your dad and whatever I've got is really bad. Mm. So I've got some kind of cold. I don't want. And why? Because we know old people die from the flu. My mother died of influenza. Mm-hmm. That's what she died from, influenza right. and pneumonia. Yeah. And so, and she almost died twice from it hmm. before. Yeah. Uh, and so we always knew it was, a, you know, danger. But she still, we weren't going to lock her in a room and have her do nothing all year. Right. She wouldn't have allowed anybody to do that. Right. But you're careful during the cold and flu season, especially if you have it, because you understand that it can affect you know, even if you, you know, even if you have a flu shot that is more closely aligned with the actual flu that's out that year, you can still, if you're elderly, you can die of yeah. of the flu. Right. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, my parents, uh, both of them got strep throat here recently um, at the same time. And, and you know, th- this has happened before. It happened a couple of years ago. And my sister, God bless her, um, the last time, a couple of years ago, we both went and we... Uh, we cleaned the house top to bottom, wearing gloves and and everything, uh, just to make sure that that they were taken care of. They had food prepared and everything else. It's your parents, and you know that's it's what you do. But we're as a society capable of doing that. What changes is when people are lied to, right? And that happened. And the question is, were any laws broken? And that's what the governor of Florida wants to know. Eight six six ninety red eye. Electrical systems are one of the most common causes of winter breakdowns. So when your batteries talk, it's important you listen. Keep an eye out for the warning signs that may indicate your electrical system needs attention to help avoid getting stuck out in the cold this winter. The most obvious sign that a battery-related issue is present is if your truck has trouble cranking at the proper speed. If you experience any sluggishness when starting your engine, get a full electrical system check from a trusted service provider. Continuing to crank a vehicle with low or inadequate voltage will damage the starter and can lead to downtime and costly repairs. This report brought to you by Luberfiner, engineering filters that are built to do more for heavy-duty fleets since 1996. Lines open for your calls. 866-90-RED-EYE on Red Eye Radio. It's Red Eye Radio. He's Eric Carney, and I'm Gary McNamara, 866-90-RED-EYE. So the Democrats and the liberal media, you know, referring to, you know, DeSantis as authoritarian. Mm. It's completely the opposite. I mean, giving choice is not authoritarian, but apparently for some reason giving people choice to the, to the left is somehow uh, being Nazi-like and, yeah, right. and when they're involved in the, the complete opposite. But for him wanting to get down to why the policy of the United States was based on something that – no scientist made the claim of with the vaccine, mm. yet policy punished, uh, I don't know, probably millions of Americans. Yeah, right. Or threatened Americans and said, you have no choice or you lose your job based on something that was false. Right. That did not exist. Right. And him wanting to get to the bottom of it, you know, and say, wait a minute, this is called, this changed society. We need to investigate this. And I believe the best way to do it is in a grand jury. Mm-hmm. You know. 
And he's true. We based our policy on something that was a lie. Right. And the question is, the vaccines uh, were anybody's rights violated? Right. And that's what it comes down to. Uh, My question for Governor DeSantis, do you understand how big this could be? (laughs) I mean, because if you get into uh, the policies that said, you know, you can't work here unless you do this. You're taking someone's livelihood away. Mm-hmm. This thing could be civil huge. suits. Yeah. Yep. some eggnog red eye radio and he's eric harley and i'm gary mcnamara 866-90 red eye he just said have some eggnog you know i'll tell you one thing one thing that sucks about having type 2 diabetes right because you watch your carbs not that i can't get real eggnog and have a little bit of it because i can do that in fact what i actually do is i'll get a small bottle of eggnog and i'll Get a shot glass <laughs> so I can taste okay. it. Yeah. But there's a lot of carbs in it because of the sugar yeah. content. Right. I made the mistake of getting some of the low-carb eggnog. Not the light eggnog, not the real one, but like the almond milk eggnog. Yeah. Yeah, no. You know, I'm just, I'm cheating myself. I mean, I just... It's like, well, it's... <laughs> not the same. It's just not the same. No. And you can you can taste it, but it's the consistency. Now I know some people hate eggnog. As as a kid, I became addicted to it. Um, I would say that if uh, that that I probably in my younger days could take a whole quart and drink the whole thing. That's how addicting that taste is to me mm-hmm. of the store bought eggnog in the cartons. I yeah. have no idea why, but that just hits my sweet tooth. And so that's the one thing, you know, that's the one thing. And so I'll get a small bottle. I already did, and I'm done with the eggnog for the, you know, I had, you know, I had it. But I would take a shot glass at a time and just sip on it. <laughs> By the way, I just want to throw this in. We talk, I just mentioned how many, uh, earlier I mentioned how many devices have microphones, which they pretty much all do these days. Mm-hmm. I just clicked on YouTube right, like, 30 seconds ago. One of the videos, how to make homemade eggnog. Uh oh. Uh oh. Yeah. Wow. Um, That's when we were ta- we were talking about the the free speech in Norway, right? It's being right. Taken away. Yeah. And, and, and in Europe. And yeah. and now they can. Mo- <laughs> yeah. Right. We'll have Google. You know, turn over all of the uh, data they get from mm-hmm. microphones in every house. Uh, but yeah, I I've never been a fan of eggnog. Oh, just absolutely! As as a kid, the first time I. Mm-hmm. But I'm 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 certainly not a fan of the the attempts sometimes and the uh, <laughs> where, where they try and 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 just get the taste. That there are a few things that they've been able to do, and it's like okay, that's impressive. 
you know, sugar-free or mm-hmm. low-fat or whatever. But most of the time, it's it's the idea of tofurkey. <laughs> Look, you're a vegan. You're not going to – don't try and eat turkey. Don't try and shape it into a turkey. Don't just eat tofu. You're not going to fool me. Yeah, just – I'm have, going to pretend. Yeah, oh, just no. – if you're if you're pretending that a, you have meat, have a salad. What you actually want is meat. <laughs> Otherwise, go eat all the other things. That's how it works. I don't understand that idea. Now, that's different than when your when your diet has to change. It's you want to try this and try that. And you and I both have over the years uh, the lo- low carb, low sugar things and. There are some things out there that that work. Uh, They're okay, right? And there are some things where it's like, yeah, go back, go back to the lab on that. Well, you know, the the thing is because you and I've talked about you know low carb bread that's out there, Mm -hmm. and there's the you know there's a low carb bread that the uh, I forgot I can't think of who makes it. Uh, It's a major brand. Maybe it's even Sarah Lee who makes Mm -hmm. it, and and it's like uh, uh, it's the honey wheat bread, and and that's like. Six grams of carbs, yeah, know, per slice instead of like thirteen or fourteen. And it's the texture is right it, and the taste good. is good. But and... now, but now they've got the super low carb bread mm. that's white bread that only has three grams of carbs, so you have six. Yeah, right. That sort of has a consi- I eat it, yeah, and I can make sandwiches out of it, right, and everything else. I don't enjoy it as much. I do feel good because I get the bread. T- the taste isn't as good, and the consistency is more like banana bread. Yeah, it's, it's thicker. A, it's, yeah. a, it's a it's a thicker, dense and there's some kind of little bread. taste aftertaste to it, but it's to- it's almost like a bitterness kind of taste. Yes, now it, but it's tolerable. I mean, it's right. it's not yeah. like I reject it. Yeah, I still I still get yeah. that loaf more than I'll get. I'll I'll go on and off. I'll get one of those loaves and I'll go back to the. I found that wheat. if you make it into toast, which it isn't yes. great for every sandwich, but if you toast it, it's a little better. Yes, I yeah I I, I toast I I toasted. Yeah. See the thing for me too as as a kid. I mean I just love eggs on toast, and that's oh, yeah. one that's yeah. one thing you know with yeah, yeah. regular bread that's probably about seventeen, eighteen, nineteen, twenty grams you know per slice. Mm-hmm. You know you have two slices that's thirty six. If mm-hmm. you can just have two of the the low carb, the super low carb, it's six. Right. And I stick to on my on my diet because I'm a type two diabetic between. Normally between forty and sixty grams of carbs a day. The average human's supposed to eat about three hundred. Right. And when I first got it, they put me on like two hundred, and I and I'm like, okay, it's not going down. You know, I want to keep my my blood sugar low. I mean, it, you can't tell if I go to the doctor that I'm a type two diabetic because mm-hmm. I have it under control. Mm-hmm. But you have to work at it. But I started at two hundred, and like, no, I got to go lower. Went to one hundred fifty, a hundred. Mm-hmm. I can't go lower than forty. It's it's impossible for me right. to eat anything unless I just eat cardboard. Yeah, but one thing I did find though was the the Mission Taco shells that yeah. that are that are low, and those have like four grams, of, and that's great because I eat taco everything. I mean, I eat brec- breakfast tacos and and use those, and and uh, but the bread is bread is what you really really miss, and so you're talking about things that for some reason just the texture of it of bread, uh, even if it's not exactly like it, just that texture gives. Some reason it gives me satisfaction. That's yeah, yeah, that's right. a bizarre. But I right. found enough things. Now I will tell you this: talk about self control. 
I will be delivering. Only, I've only made four loaves of banana bread today, delivering two today and two tomorrow, and that's it. And these are the people that are long-term addicts of my banana bread, mm-hmm. but I did not make any for myself, none. And I can't believe it that even the, with the smell going through the house mm-hmm. you know, the over the weekend making it, I was like, eh, I don't care. I'm like, wow, that's really good for me because nor- that was something that even last year, it's like, well, i got to have a piece. i got to make at least a half a loaf, keep a half for myself and cut it into slices and have it. It's, it's like I don't, you know, it's maybe I'm getting older and my mortality and health is more important than my taste buds. Now, that's, that, that's very depressing when I think about that. <laughs> I discovered in my pantry that I had all the makings for our, a pecan pie the other day. And I know how to make it. I mean, it's very simple. And it's, that's my heroin. <laughs> if I make a pecan pie, good night. I'm, I'm headed off uh, into the living room on the lounger or... Uh, back in the bedroom, I'm going to carry it back to bed with me, turn the TV on, and I'll see you in a few days. Mm-hmm. That's I actually did that one time uh, years ago. Now, my, my wife and kids, after it was uh, it was the weekend after Christmas, and they went to visit relatives, and I had to I had to work. I was working around the clock back then. I had two jobs and was working around the clock. This show and another show for our company, and so I didn't have a lot of time off. And we had one pie left from Christmas, and it was a Mrs. Smith's pecan pie. It was the only thing, and I'll say this. It was actually a couple of weeks after Christmas because it was my birthday weekend. And I'll say this, that since it was my birthday weekend, and I didn't eat anything else that weekend. So if you split it in over the weekend, it's a 4,000-calorie adventure. That's how I found this out because I was like, (laughs) oh, my gosh. Because I'm thinking to myself, well, I'm going to die. I'm going to overdose on sugar. And then I thought, well, wait a minute. If I don't eat anything else, this could be my meals for the weekend. And it's nothing but, so I call it my pecan pie cleanse. And so, (laughs) very strict. Takes a great deal of discipline. And I went through the weekend and they were showing Elvis movies because it was also his birthday weekend. So I was watching Elvis movies and documentaries and during my time off and eating pecan pie and working. And that's all I had for the entire weekend. You split it up over the weekend, two and a half days. That's less than 2000 calories a day. And very, uh, very good. Well, it's, uh, I made, uh, the one thing a substitute for the banana bread is what, when I found the recipe for low carb pumpkin pie. Right. Yeah, I, you've been because, telling me about yeah, that. I'm addicted to that. And so yeah. I made one uh, right after I got back from Thanksgiving. Yeah. And so it was like, hmm, what do I have for breakfast? Piece of pumpkin. I get home from work. Yeah. Piece of pumpkin pie with whipped cream because whipped cream hardly has any carbs. Right. One thing, though, I guess I did get old enough, though, where when I first got type 2, when I first diagnosed six and a half years ago, when I cut back on the carbs, mm-hmm. I could still eat the calories and I lost weight. I mean, I just. I went to, the doctor was amazed how quickly I lost weight when mm-hmm. I cut the carbs. Right. And and I wasn't really I wasn't really heavy overweight, but no, I was probably no. 20 pounds or something over mm-hmm. 20 25 mm-hmm. and lost it like like that. Mm-hmm. And about a year ago, I started putting on pounds again, but I'm doing the same carbs and what mm-hmm. I realized mm-hmm. is I wasn't paying attention to the calories, just the carbs. 
And now yeah, yeah. it's like, oh man, life's starting to suck. Now I got to pay attention to two things: calories and carbs. Yeah, that's a that's a common. What happens is you plateau, and once you plateau, then the calories start to come back and add, you know, more to uh, your weight, and that's and just like something that's, that is common. And say this this getting old stuff sucks. Uh, yeah. No, <laughs> actually, it doesn't because I have a great. You know, I've I guess you 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 evolve your mind into having a great into saying, I'm going to have a great quality of life. I'm going to be. And one of the things, I think the the one thing I want more than anything, and it's personal and professional, and that is to be as wide awake at 2 in the morning and feeling as healthy as 2 in the morning as when I'm up at 2 in the afternoon because I sleep twice. Mm-hmm. That's really my goal. I know I'm doing good. It makes me feel good. And if I can still work out and do things like that and uh, hopefully play golf sometime this year if we ever mm-hmm. have – a decent enough long stretch of, of weather, mm-hmm. then uh, then uh, then I'm happy. And the emphasis, and I'm amazed because I've had a, I've had splur I splurge about once a month. I can have a cheat day once a month, and once a year, it's only once a year I get Chinese. Yeah, because mm. the rice is horrible. I mean, I, once a year For I carbs. You mean it? Yeah. yeah what one? Yeah, once a year I just inject in i just inject carbs right into my veins <laughs> yeah it's because I'm, I'm not that big on rice oh so absolute, i can oh. i can eat chinese dishes and not oh not eat the rice no the i rice is that was the hardest thing was rice mm-hmm. rice was the hardest thing too yeah i'm to, not to big up. on pasta or rice at and all. the cauliflower rice no no uh I get some of the just make cauliflower. I get some of the TV dinners that have the the uh, well, I can't think of a name. The little bowls, right? Uh, that have cauliflower. I can eat those, and those are okay. Mm. I can have that, and they have some stir fry, yeah. in there that you know. Prob- I think there's only ten or twelve grams of carbs in one of those, mm-hmm. but I can have it there. But just to mm, regularly have it, it's just I can't. Yeah, I can't do it. That's like that's really <sighs> that's lying to myself. Mm. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so, but there you go. Uh, coming up here on the show. Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, something really interesting because we talk about the Republicans mm. that they'll be having the uh, the hearings uh, on the Hunter Biden laptop. Mm-hmm. Really an interesting point made because you've seen, especially on social media, the liberals say they're not going to get and even some conservatives. They're not going to get anything by bringing these 51 intelligence agents. They're simply going to sit there and say, well, we thought it, we thought it. Well, there was an uh, a piece in the Wall Street Journal. Holman Jenkins wrote it. Mm. And he lays down, he goes, no, they lied. And here's how, basically he lays out how the Republicans can approach it. And it's really fascinating because it's huh. like nothing like this, nothing like this exists that has ever existed that shows this is any type of russian operation right doesn't exist and then he goes through all the different questions on it and then specifically how the new york post reported it and the fact that that they reported that the fbi has the laptop right so all you have to do is check with you know you knew it wasn't all you had to do if you're an intelligence agent is or or former intelligence agents or john brennan check with the fbi and say do you have the laptop yes then you know it's not russian intelligence right Why and he is, just, it's, it's like playing, it's like going around in circles. It really is. 866-90-RED-EYE. Get in touch with Red Eye Radio, toll free at 866-90-RED-EYE.
It's Red Eye Radio. He's Eric Carley, and I'm Gary McNamara, 866-90-RED-EYE. Coming up following the top of the uh, hour, uh, we will get uh, to... Where was I? Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The uh, the uh, what the Republicans might uh, look at when it comes to uh, the Hunter Biden laptop mm. uh, and uh, an r- interesting article I read in the Wall Street Journal, which really just lays out about the 51 so-called intelligence experts, former intelligence officials yeah. that said it was Russian disinformation. Right. And he comes straight out and goes, they were lying. This wasn't well, you know, even though we didn't have the evidence, there were clues. There's no clues. There was no, no clues, no. zero. And he goes, we'll get to that because it's really interesting. Uh, Trump DeSantis polling, a bunch of different polls uh, came out uh, here in the last couple of days. Hmm. Trump not doing good. We'll get to uh, that. And the self-identification conundrum for the left. Ah. This is really interesting. All coming up. This is Red Eye Radio on Westwood One. Now, it's Red Eye Radio. Gary McNamara and Eric Harley talk about everything from politics to social issues and news of the day. Whether you're up late or you're just starting your day, welcome to the show. This is Red Eye Radio. All across America and around the world, 866-90-RED-EYE. He is Eric Carley, and I'm Gary McNamara. Welcome. Good morning. Thank you for being here. Download our Red Eye Radio app today, and if uh, you can't listen live overnight on one of our great radio stations, you can listen when and where you want on your smartphone. Uh, all right, so uh, we had the Fed uh, increase the rate another 50 basis points, mm-hmm. uh, another half of a percent. Uh I'm looking at here because, you know, and, and by the way, and, and the way Powell looked at it, there's going to be further interest rates and there will be no cuts. He is stating the Fed stating till at least 2024. So right. that yeah. that scenario that cuts could happen, you know, sometime next spring or summer is gone. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I always thought it was kind of delusional yeah. to think that they were just going to do an about face in the spring and summer that they would just it, it, because you would have to believe that they would have accomplished a goal, cured something, solved a problem on inflation, and then would, to a greater extent, see the need to bring those rates back down in such a short period of time. That is not going to happen. And Powell pretty much laid that out. So I'm I'm looking here at... Um uh, you know, what we might actually see based on the CBO. Now, the CBO came out at the end of November with new projections. Mm. And they say that the interest on the national debt now, now this is not, that was based on November uh, 29th. They did not take into consideration this, this, uh, this increase. Right. Okay. Because they look at, every, when it comes to the, you know, what the interest on the national debt will be, it's, you know, how much more money do you have to borrow, too, comes into it, and what the economy is going to be. Now, based on what they see, they think there's only a one in six chance that we could see over uh, 1.8% economic growth. And they believe we could see negative growth 
in the entire year of 2023. Mm -hmm. But based on what we're borrowing, based on uh, where the economy they believe will be, and that's on November 29th, so they don't take into consideration, you know, this rate increase uh, at the moment. But you look at it and they say it'll be 200 to 300 billion dollars more in interest payments than they had originally projected. And so that means between 700 billion and 800 billion dollars. Now I'm going not the fiscal year from October to October. I'm doing what uh, this is from uh, the Washington Post that is looking at the interest rate from January to January. Mm-hmm. Uh, that uh, it will roughly be, uh, it could be $830 billion when just a couple of years ago it was 250, 200, 250 billion. Mm-hmm. So you're talking about, you're talking about almost an increase that could be close to what we spend on defense just in interest payments, which means cuts. You have to cut because if it's not there, you've got to borrow another $800 billion. Right. Otherwise, you've got to cut somewhere. Yeah, you and, get out the other credit card to pay the interest on this credit right. card. And this is a problem. You know, we talk about everything with what's going on with the Republicans right now and and the, the back and forth and mm-hmm. McCarthy not happy with McConnell agreeing with the uh, with the the Democrats to pass basically a budget that would go all the way through October of 2023 saying no wait a minute wait the Republicans now have the house you need to wait there is a fear from the leadership i believe in the Republican party including McConnell that if they start cutting we can't win in 2024 because the american public isn't there we may be there we may understand what has to be done. Our audience may understand what has to be done. But they're saying it's economic suicide because with the increase that we're going to see in interest payments alone, that could be $830 billion. That's not counting the increases that we may see in the interest rate that may slow the economy down more because they only go with what the information that they have at that time. Yeah. And and so the economy could slow more. Yeah, uh, or, sure. or, and and when you look at how is how is Congress next year? If if we're going to be uh in just one year four hundred billion dollars more in interest that has to be paid, those are all programs that have to be cut unless you add another four hundred billion. To the budget, correct? Yep. And then all that money has to be borrowed again. So you've just, in that point, made it even worse. That's the problem we face in this country. And the reason I say it's tough for the Republicans is because every poll shows Americans don't want to cut. Mm. In fact, the majority of Americans want the government to be giving them money right now because the economy is so bad. We brought you that poll just about two weeks ago. Right. Even Republicans are half for it. That's the problem that we have. Yep. And you know when you look at infl- when you look at inflation, that's what what created this problem. Americans wish to do more. They want inflate. They want the government to stop inflation, but keep spending. Yeah. Without taxing or borrowing. Yep. Yep. And they want magic. Well, they, that's what they want. They want to live in the delusional state. 
And if you're McConnell, why would you pay attention to conservative rank and file right now? Who, before the midterm, was talking about the national debt? Who was making a point, our audience notwithstanding, we have to say that when we bring this topic up, nobody cares about the debt. No, they don't. It's only a handful of us conservatives that believe that know that it's a problem. And now we've seen the now we've seen the results. We've seen the consequences because now all the price the price increases you see, the slowing down of the economy that we saw this year, mm-hmm. that we'll see next year, mm-hmm. everything is not because there's a national emergency. It's not because of Russia. It's because of what we chose to do as a nation by who we elected into public office. Yep. And now the public's like, well, we don't like this, so we've got to borrow money without paying any interest on it, and we have to borrow any money without going into debt, and uh, we need more money from the government. We need to do exactly what we have done, except we don't want the inflation that comes along with it. We, the American public, demand magic. Get it done. That should have been the uh, campaign promise. (laughs) I, if I'm elected, I will wave a wand. I will keep this madness going. I will create a money tree. And my spokesperson will step up to the podium with a magic book of answers. (laughs) when you ask what about the debt magic that's how we'll solve it so i'm looking at believe in the magic i'm looking at 2024 Mm -hmm. and and this is based on the the increase of what we just see and if you project it out and there's a possibility because if it's there's a possibility we could be at uh you know in 2023 we could be at eight hundred and thirty billion. We could be close to a trillion dollars right. in debt in twenty twenty four. How do you? What do you? What do you do on that? What What do you? It's uh. It is the Fed going to start printing more money again and causing more inflation again? We need to borrow more money to help people through this, and we need to buy more of our debt, and so we need to go back to a very loose monetary policy where we print money to buy our own debt and make the situation even worse because i don't know how you get out of it i there's, I don't there's know. no I, way around it with without doing the same yep. or making cuts and there's no way politically to make the cuts nope i i don't i don't like this approach by mcconnell or any republican but i I know exactly why they're doing it. I don't agree with it. But honestly, this train left a long, long time ago. And if you spend a lot of money, but it's bipartisan, then both sides get the blame. If the Republicans get in and they shut down the government and people aren't getting what they what they want or there are cuts, which there's going to have to be cuts even if you don't even if you do nothing if you say we're going to spend as much money last next year as we do this year you've got to have hundreds of billions of dollars in cuts because of what inflation has done to raise interest rates mm-hmm. 
And we we have warned about this for the last decade of the United States manipulating our own dollar. Yeah. We laughed. I remember people calling our show and we, sorry, they were Republicans, but we laughed at you. Mm-hmm. Romney, Romney has identified the problem. Yeah. The Chinese are manipulating their currency. <laughs> what the hell you think we're doing? Uh, it's. What do you think you're doing when you're printing money to buy your own debt? Yep. And we're not going to turn. I don't have confidence we'll turn things around in our lifetime. But as we get closer and closer to the edge of not being able to service the interest on the debt, then there again, where is where what is the answer? Well, where what where is the play? Politically, you just pretend like nothing's happening. You don't you put on blinders and do nothing. The warning signs are there. And then we also are feeling the consequences every day in our lives because of inflation. And then it's like, well, okay, well then uh, we understand how we got here. Well, mm-hmm. how do we get out of it? Well, could you maybe make a money tree or something? Yeah. Um, uh, maybe uh, a I magic money tree. Uh, maybe, maybe just a, can we have our own cryptocurrency and get out of this? Ah, way? there you go. <laughs> we'll go to the Bahamas. I've just solved the problem. Let's all move to the Bahamas. That's where magic happens. <laughs> let's, let's use, let's use pretend. Let's use pretend money. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Anybody have any monopoly money we can use? U.S. tokens. <laughs> U.S. crypto tokens. God. Yeah, I mean that's the frustrating part. Is we we've been we've been sitting here, and if you're a long time listener to the show, you know, for years when I since I became a talk radio host in '89, mm-hmm. I've been talking about it, mm-hmm. and it was like no, 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 no. Well, here it is. You're feeling the consequences of the irresponsible fiscal policy of the United States, yes. which the majority of Americans voted for right. over the last 30 years in this country. It's yep. what we voted for. Yep. And now that we're to the point, we're actually feeling the consequences every day, and it's hurting us. The majority of Americans are saying, no, government give us more money, do exactly what got us here, but do it without getting inflation. Perform magic tricks, if you will, please. That's right. And... Honestly, I I don't have an answer for you because there. Do I? It it, it will mean more inflation, as we talked about. It's the seventies all over again, where you're just going to have years of inflation, of hot inflation, and maybe it's not at eight percent or nine percent, but it's still heavy, heavy inflation loads over and over again. No deflation. And remember, all the projections are always lower than what they end up being. Exactly. Okay, let me put it this way. The vast majority of the projections of government are always lowballed. Yes. They tend to lean more toward the best case scenario yes. than not. I don't know what a best case scenario is here, honestly. I I know the meaning of the word best, but it's all crap. Either way you go, because in order to get the fiscal house straight, it would require massive cuts. 
And politically, that ain't going to happen. going to happen. What do you cut? Right. Foreign aid. Yeah. So you've, <laughs> you've, <laughs> so foreign aid. I, you've, and just, I, you've just I, cut 50 calories a day. <laughs> exactly. I, I was going to say, I mean, it's, it's like foreign. People think we spend a lot more money on foreign aid than yeah. we actually do. Right. You're going to have to cut things domestically. Right. That would be a no feel-good thing to appease. Well, no more foreign aid. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, it doesn't solve the problem, does it? It doesn't solve no. the problem at all. And, by the way, keep in mind, a wall was only going to cost $25 okay. billion. Wow. That seems like such a small amount of money. <laughs> 866 red eye the U.S. and Africa have long worked together through government-to-government relationships, business-to-business relationships, but it is truly through our public-private partnerships that most impactful work is in fact done. And Agriculture Secretary Tom Vilsack Wednesday moderated a panel at the U.S.-Africa Leaders Summit in Washington, D.C., focused on how these public-private partnerships can play a role in both increasing ag productivity within sub-Saharan Africa and strengthening supply chains to global marketplaces. Africa holds great potential, and each country offers unique opportunities for these exact types of partnerships, particularly within agriculture and the agribusiness sector. Sub-Saharan Africa's ag sector employs two-thirds of the region's population and is responsible for 14% of the area's gross domestic product, with the region's agricultural growth rate higher than other regions in the globe over the last 20-plus years. I'm Rod Bain reporting for the U.S. Department of Agriculture in Washington, D.C. The USDA report is brought to you by Cenex Roadmaster XL Premium Highway Diesel Fuel. We'll be right back with more Red Eye Radio with Eric Harley and Gary McNamara. It's Red Eye Radio. He's Eric Carley, and I'm Gary McNamara, 866-90-RED-EYE. So, yeah, so when Paul came out and said, because just yesterday, you the talk, you had financial analysts, you know, well, um, you know, we'll probably have, because this was part of the discussion was, you know, is the Fed going to raise at a half a point and then, you know, maybe raise it again, mm. I don't know, a quarter of a point early next year, and then start reducing it by middle of summer. And the fear was if they did that, then inflation just just like the 70s isn't going to go away. Right. And apparently the Fed's saying, no, we're we're going to continue raising through next year. To, uh, I think, what did they say, 5.1%? Right. Which would mean, what, a couple of more of quarter percentage yeah. points maybe? Yeah. And, and that's what most believe that – uh, and and the consensus was uh, they or the I guess the median prediction or average prediction it was 0.5 for yesterday and that's what they announced and that the I don't know if they still have three scheduled for the total of the year next year but that's what it was earlier this year they said they would do three more in 23 and so now people most people believe that's going to be 0.25. On each of those. But again, as you get at a, a level of where mortgages are, the the rates, the average 30-year is well over twice what it was on inter- interest rates 
at the beginning of this this year, you're looking at a very uh, already steep slowdown in the housing market. And that is going to that's that is going to reverberate. That's going to hit pretty hard. And the question will become with inflation, slowdown in the housing market and and other items. And most analysts believing there is going to be a recession at some point in 23. The question is, how deep is the recession if it happens? How long does it go on? And how hot will inflation numbers be? My my concern is when you saw the increase in the in the GDP, which was not great, but there was an increase in the GDP. Mm -hmm. It came from an increase in exports. Right. When we've seen what's going on with the housing market and where it's going to continue now, uh, but with another uh, rate increase, mm-hmm. and you see that exports in October, or was it November, October, were down uh, yeah. again, I don't see where the bright spot is for 2023 yet. Gary McNamara and Eric Harley taking your calls. 1-866-90-RED-EYE. And he is Eric Harley and I'm Gary McNamara. 866-90-RED-EYE. Uh, you know, I'm uh, reading here from the uh, uh, Heritage, heritage.org, um, the, you know, with the interest rates and everything else, what the projected debt is going to be next year. Hmm. The CBO noted that higher than expected interest costs were the primary reason for the dramatic uptick in deficit expectations. This should raise serious red flags for federal lawmakers when just a few months of higher than expected interest rates are driving factor behind a 200 to $300 billion upward revision in next year's deficit. It demonstrates how dependent the federal government is on low interest rates to keep the debt and deficits even remotely under control. Interest rates have been historically low, near zero, for almost 15 years, but with the recent outbreak in inflation, the Federal Reserve has tightened monetary policy and interest rates have been on the rise. For a country with $31.3 trillion in debt, more than a quarter million dollars per U.S. household, rising interest rates are worrisome, to say the least. Higher interest rates drive up the cost of servicing the already high national debt, leading to higher deficits each year. The faster-growing debt then forces the government to make interest payments on even a larger amount. All this makes investors wary of holding U.S. securities, so they in turn demand higher interest rates. And then the other thing that's not talked about is because it's taking so much more of the budget, you have to decide whether to cut spending, Mm. and the majority would have to be, the majority has to be on domestic issues or on domestic things. Uh, or you've got to even borrow more money. Yeah. If you want to stay even on what you're spending. Yeah. When it comes to public services, if within a year and a half, the increase is $500 billion more in interest payments, that has to come from somewhere. And, again, there, uh, by most accounts is not any expectation of an expanding economy that would bring greater revenue. 
we've talked about the expansion of wealth, and there are things we could have chosen along the way here. Not to allow them to spend, uh, to keep energy production robust. And the fact of the matter is, all of these choices, because the, the energy production would be part of that expansion of the economy. And if you've got your fiscal house in order, but we chose this route, $31.3 trillion, and we're adding to it by the second, and we're not about to make cuts. The over the overly optimistic May outlook, as we have said, forecasts that the federal debt would rise from 100% of GDP in 2021 to 185% of GDP by 2052. The November update shows that matters are even worse than that. For context, leading up to its debt crisis in 2008, Greece had a debt to GDP ratio of 127%. Right now, we are at uh I think 23 trillion dollars is our GDP. And we will have very soon thirty-two trillion uh, in um, uh, in in debt. Mm-hmm. We're at thirty-one point three right now, mm-hmm. but I'm talking about if you look towards, right, right. you know, the if you're talking about the the whole of 2023 or even this fiscal year. So we're already there, especially we're, without cuts, as you mentioned. Right. We're going to have to borrow more money to make room right. for the interest payments. But we're there already, even on that conservative estimate, where where Greece was in 2008. For that debt. Remember the conversations we had back then? Yep. That we're not Greece, but we're on our way there? Yeah. And and that's why we look at it, and that's why with the, uh, the, the, uh, the spending bill, where Republicans are going back and forth on it, as we said, the biggest challenge for Republicans is the debt has been skyrocketed so much because of COVID that the interest and then the the inflation and the increase in interest rates that even if you don't cut, you cut. You have yep. to cut. Yep. Because of the massive increase in interest rates, which we said was wrong for the federal government to be doing, but they did it in order to be able to borrow the money. Yeah. But they were manipulating the interest rate. That's what they did. And this is what it gets us. But it's what, again, this isn't, you know, it's the politician's fault. They're not, no, the politicians listen to you. And how do we know this? Because the polling even shows right now that Americans want the government to give them money to get through this time. Right. If the people were screaming, do something about the national debt, yeah. that would get done. And we're not. And the, and the American public does recognize, we saw that last year, that the spending is causing the inflation. But things are so bad because of it all that Americans are saying, well, to heck with that. I just I need the money now. We'll worry about next year, next year. Well, we've been thinking that way for the last 50 years in this country. Well, if you just speed up on the jet ski, you can outrun the tsunami. And that's exactly where we are. Because there is no no one talking about making cuts. No one talking about paying down the national debt. I laugh because it sounds like a joke when you say it now. When you say it out loud. 
No and, one's talking about that, which means you can only make room for the growing interest payments by borrowing more money. Said, is a similar disaster scenario inevitable for America, like Greece? No, but debt isn't free, and Americans will pay for it one way or another. Yep. And like a homeowner neglecting a crumbling foundation, a disaster yep. is considerably more likely if Washington chooses to ignore America's growing spending and fiscal problems. Yet that's precisely what Congress seems inclined to do. And it's not just one party that wants to whistle past the graveyard, as we've talked about here with this spending bill for next year. Mm-hmm. Despite the lame duck period before the newly elected Republican majority takes control uh, of the House, some Republicans have signaled their willingness to work with outgoing Democrats to pass another massive omnibus spending bill. House Republicans also voted down a ban on budget earmarks, a favorite tool of members of Congress to bring pet projects home uh, to their districts. None of this bodes well for Americans who were optimistic that divided government would stop uh, America's march into fiscal destruction. But here's the problem. Mm. You say the Republicans, the Democrats, but the reason this is happening is because the public is okay with it. When it comes down to it, the public is a, we're not, we know our listeners aren't, but the majority of the voters for years that we've been warning it and the Republican party that used to be very vocal and the rank and file very vocal disappeared about five years ago. Yep. It's gone. Yep. And we know we've done this for decades upon decades upon decades. We 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 know what the what the what the mindset has been, and the public didn't care about debt. We were we, screaming it back in two thousand eight, as it, as we just pointed out with Greece, and I remember repeatedly saying that no, we're not Greece yet, but we're on our way there. Yeah. And we would get calls even from our listeners as recently as this year, saying you guys worry too much about the debt. Well. Yeah. You're feeling it in inflation every day. Right. And it's not going to get any better. Nope. There's not going to be any deflation. I don't know anybody that says we're going to go back into a the Great Depression. They've talked recession. So you can slow the rate of inflation, but these prices... You pointed this out the other day when we went over the CPI numbers from this week for November. You pointed out you got to focus on the dollar amount, not the rate of inflation, because that doesn't really apply. What applies is how much am I paying for things now? Well, that's going to remain. And it's actually going to increase because there's always going to be inflation and there's only been deflation a couple of times in the history of our nation, and really the only real deflation was the Great Depression. And remember, since the Democrats' number one number one topic is climate change, mm-hmm. what is the eventual goal of those that believe that climate change is de- destroying the planet right. and how to run an economy? You lower the GDP. Mm-hmm. The goal of the insane climate activists that are represented by the Democratic Party wants to reduce GDP. Yeah. 
I mean, that's what it would it would require. Their agenda requires that we be less productive as a nation. Why? Because the less productive you are, uh, the uh, the fewer BTUs you use of fossil fuels. Right. <laughs> yep. So, so you, you look at this and you just like, you know, you shake your head and then you see, and that's what's frustrating for us. But we're not surprised by this. As soon as the Republicans won the House, we said, look, here's the problem now. We've spent so much money. And we had looked at the polls showing what Americans want right now. And Americans want relief from the government in the form of checks Mm -hmm. because inflation is so bad. Yep. So exactly what got us here is what Americans want more of. Now, they may not have thought it out or they may have just said, well, I don't care what happens a year or two from now. Mm -hmm. I need the help right now. Right. That's how bad the situation was made. In, by the decisions we made in Washington, D.C. Yeah, I have no doubt families are drowning. There's no doubt. And they want air. But taking on more means more debt, more inflation. It's a vicious cycle. And it's nowhere close to ending. Because politically, you're not going to get that done. You're not going to take that on and try and be the hero here. Who was it? Rick Scott. Was it Rick Scott that yeah, yeah. promoted this, the the idea of austerity in the election cycle? It's like, Shut what, up. Are you, are you, what are you doing? Yeah. Now, we agree with him, but look, politically, look, wait, something's you're going, going to get hammered. Something's going, because like I said, you can cut all the foreign aid tomorrow, and that's a, a, that's a, a drop in the bucket. Right, and, and by the way, that, that last comment, again, we have to point this out again, isn't about Rick Scott. It's about the people. Yeah. But when you look, as you said, we'll cut foreign aid. Fine, that's a drop in the bucket. Compared yep. to what is going on right now, that's nothing. It's nothing. You're going to have to cut uh, national defense. Yes. And you're going to have to cut a ton of domestic programs, including eventually somehow redoing Social Security and Medicaid. Yes. Now you can sit there and go, you don't care, you're trying to kill. I'm just telling you the fiscal reality. We haven't been wrong yet on the fiscal reality. We predicted this was going to happen where we are today. We said there would be consequences of the debt. And now we have the worst inflation in most people's lifetime because of it. We're not wrong on this one. Margaret Thatcher. Economics doesn't lie. Margaret Thatcher, at some point you run out of other people's money, and now we're running out of future generations' money. 86690 Red Eye. Coming up, more with Gary McNamara and Eric Harley. It's Red Eye Radio. It's Red Eye Radio. He's Eric Carley, and I'm Gary McNamara, 866-90-RED-EYE. Reading this from CNN, McCarthy and McConnell on collision courses, Congress barrels towards a messy uh, uh, finish. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this is really interesting. It's like uh, uh, it said uh, House uh, GOP leader Kevin McCarthy uh, took uh, to Fox News primetime last week and dinged his counterpart across the Capitol, Senate GOP leader Mitch McConnell, 
Republicans are wrong if they want to cut a year-end spending deal with Democrats, McCarthy told Fox News host Laura Ingram, saying they should instead punt the issue until 2023 when Republicans take control of the House. Hmm. Does that include McConnell, she asked? Yes, McCarthy said. Why would you want to work on anything if we have the gavel inside Congress? McCarthy's comments blindsided McConnell, according to multiple senators, while the House GOP leader has signaled privately, including at a White House meeting, that he would be open to a large spending deal to finish this year's business. Republicans were not expecting him to take aim at McConnell, even if he publicly came out against the package. Uh, but as McConnell continuously uh, continually worked behind the scenes to cut a massive funding deal, effectively clearing McCarthy's decks for the next Congress, the House GOP leader increasingly voiced his strong opposition to it. Hell no, McCarthy told House Republicans about his position on the spending package. So there are Republicans that do want to cut. Yeah. I don't believe that the majority of the Republicans... Uh, because they, I do, well, I don't know if it's a majority Republican. I don't know how serious they'll take it. We'll know more next year and we'll see how they vote on this year budget, how many senators do or not. But, right. um, yeah, it's a problem. It is. This is Red Eye Radio. On Westwood One. John brings his skewed sense of humor. Jeff brings tips to cut strokes off your next round. Together, it's those weekend golf guys. They'll pay a lot of money to PXG and Titleist and Callaway and on and on and on. How many yards do you think you're going to pick up with that extra? I think I can get an extra 5 to 10. What if I give you 15 to 20? <laughs> you pay me more. Jeff Smith right? teaches on the sliding scale. <laughs> those weekend golf guys, the podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen. The Bigger Pockets portfolio of podcasts are worthy of your investment. We're having a real conversation as real real estate investors. New episodes available every day. It's important to buy where it makes money and not necessarily where you want to travel to. Bigger Pockets on the market, rookie real estate or money podcast. The purpose of flipping is to create more cash so then you can reinvest into other types of properties. The Bigger Pockets podcast on YouTube or wherever you listen.